0: This podcast is sponsored by Slow Wave. Are you looking for more calm and less stress in your day? The world is chaotic and distractions are everywhere. It's easier for me to be creative when I feel calm. And that's why I'm really into the new modern CBD experience from Slow Wave. This new brand designed a CBD line to help creators feel calm and centered, to be more creative, stay focused, and do their best work. I usually start my day with their Super Halo Day Blend gummies and a cup of coffee, and it really helps me get dialed in so I can get more done. Visit slowwave.com and use the code BETTERYET15 to save 15% off your order.
1: Hey, all right, and welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a conversation that started in 2016, and it's a conversation that continues this week with my guest, Allegra Anka. Allegra of the legendary Cayetana, and Allegra of our new sponsor, Slow Wave CBD. The kid did it. I got a sponsor! Woohoo! I'm a real podcast now. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to all who are subscribing to the show on your podcast player of choice. I'd like to invite you to visit our website, BerrietPod.com, and check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at how are we doing today? I'm drinking that Dagger Mountain coffee, daggermountain.com. Follow them on Instagram at daggermtncoffee, my favorite coffee roaster in the US of A, right here in Valparaiso, Indiana, the home of Berriet since October of 2020. Been drinking the Yuraga, gorgeous red honey processed coffee from Ethiopia, very flavorful cup of coffee with notes of wild cherry, chocolate, and macadamia. Pick yourself up a bag at daggermountain.com. How are we doing, Bubbas? You hear that new Rap Boys track? Ooh, I didn't cross that line. One of my favorite songs, From the Window. Been listening to the new Strange Ranger record, Pure Music. Talk about a band that's growing. Isaac and the homies have been making really cool music since remembering the rockets big fan of pure music we went up to see our friend's pony rock the subterranean was great to see sam and maddie play a ripper of a set sam hell of a front person too just commands that stage after we saw them they went out east played a couple shows with our friend evan bernard and the live provide lineup so proud of evan We saw Barbie and Oppenheimer this weekend. Love them both. Barbie was just so much fun. Oppenheimer was an experience. Still collecting my thoughts on Oppenheimer. Very visceral movie. Barbie, though, what a trip. What a fun time. Speaking of the movies, I've started editing a great movie podcast Called Across the Puneiverse, a podcast dedicated to examining the filmography of maverick auteur Albert Pune, hosted by Ray Gunn Bush and Luther Manhole of the band Chatpile, along with Brian Manning of Boss Denog. These guys, they're so funny. If you like to listen to homies, talk about some really great B-movies, check out Across the Puniverse, wherever you get your podcasts. This week, they talked about Kickboxer 2. And hey, if you want me to edit your podcast, or if you want to reach out for interview inquiries, web development, or you just want to say, hey, hit me up at Tim at BetterYetPod.com or BetterYetPodcast at gmail.com. My guest this week is Allegra Anka. Allegra played bass in one of my favorite bands of all time, Cayetana. Allegra has also released music under their own name. They also played bass in Earth Telephone, played bass on the most recent Gladiator, and on the upcoming Warriors record, just to name a few things. We actually connected back in April after my conversation with Evan Bernard. And we talked about coding, we're both bootcamp grads, and we also talked about Allegra's newest project, Slow Wave, a CBD brand they started with their business partner, Kate, that was gearing up to launch in June. It was a great conversation, sharing that passion with Allegra, the same type of passion that goes into starting a band or starting a podcast After that conversation, they sent me some product, and after my experience using Slow Wave, I'm beyond thrilled to announce Slow Wave is an advertising partner for this show. Having personally experienced products that they offer, like the Super Halo gummies and the Hotel Flowers tincture, I can vouch for the quality and the genuine care they put into everything they do. You can visit shopslowwave.com, use the promo code BETTERYET15, say 15% on your order. And in the spirit of celebrating this partnership, I invited Allegra on for an interview which gave me an excuse to listen to Cayetana for a week straight. It was great hearing about their journey as a bass player and a collaborator and as a creative. We had a lot of fun and I think you will too. Thank you so much for listening to Better Yet. We will see you in two weeks. For now, here's me, and Allegra Anka. Coming to us from Rochester, right? Yeah. Allegra Anka is on the show. Welcome to Better Yet.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You grew up in Rochester? <laughs> no. My partner grew up in the Rochester area. I grew up in downstate New York in a little okay. town called Chester. Chester. Chester yeah
1: sounds very very nice very nice little New York town I'm from New Jersey so where do you like you got
0: like a hamlet Chester how big is it uh uh, not very big it's like one of those little it's a situation where there's like a cluster of towns and you don't quite know even when you grow up there where they start and stop and like Uh which town you're really (laughs) living in but it's very small yeah. Are your folks still there? Um, no. So my um, my mom passed away when I was 13. So oh, um, thanks. It's all right. And my dad, I actually am estranged from him. I don't talk to him, but I believe he lives in New York City. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: So that's a whole thing. Yeah, I have. <laughs> Well,
0: you want to talk about it? Probably not. (laughs) I don't know. It's been it's been a long time. I'm pretty good for (laughs) talking about it, but um, yeah, I have one sister, an older sister, and she's cool. She lives in New Jersey too, actually. In um, oh, cool Vernon, Vernon. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So you, but you're you're close with her still.
0: Yeah, yeah. She's cool.
1: Yeah. What's she into? She musical like
0: you she is but she never um really like you know developed it or t- took it she you know she dabbles and mm-hmm. um can play guitar and likes to sing and she's actually a really good writer but um hasn't really done it in any kind of ongoing capacity yeah um but what is she into so she she was a teacher for a long time and now she's she started doing real estate uh-huh. And then switched fully over to real estate, and is like, you know, on that grind. Um, but it's Dude, really that's funny such because, a grind. yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I feel like everything is such a grind. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> <laughs> I really it's do. True. Oh my god. Uh, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> but she's funny. She's got her whole little social media going, and she's yeah, like, yeah. making reels and stuff about it, and like throwing out little homeowner tips yeah like shit like that so it's it's pretty cool yeah she's i
1: see our the person who sold us our house is always over at dagger mountain coffee and i see her in there and she's like totally got like a rock star thing going on too you know she's always like doing stuff like that you have to it's like it's like being in a band you have to promote it
0: yep got a community build and build relationships
1: (laughs) So was there music in the house when you were growing up?
0: Yeah. So my parents actually met through music. So both my parents were musical. Um, And, you know, I grew up with like my mom playing piano around the holidays. Everybody would gather around kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And she was actually also, so both my parents were teachers and my mom taught piano and voice. Um, mm. at the LaGuardia High School of Music and Art in Manhattan. Oh, wow. Um, and she did that basically, you know, for my whole childhood. Um, she had a great voice. And my dad was also a musician. He played guitar mostly and was a songwriter. Yeah. Um, And they wrote some songs together. And so I grew up, yeah, definitely music in the house and definitely oh, wow. kind of music being like, you know a a big sort of part of life um in that way yeah um so that was cool and yeah I don't know I grew up like listening to some of the stuff that my dad would listen to like Smashing Pumpkins he liked Mm -hmm. and like Fleetwood Mac (laughs) which is awesome I love Fleetwood Mac
1: (laughs) I love Fleetwood Mac so much I really like that album Tusk
0: yeah classic um
1: What kind of songs did they write together?
0: They, so they would be kind of like, I'm trying to remember, like my, my dad would play guitar on them and then they would, they recorded some. And there's one in particular that I remember. I didn't hear, you know, as like life went on and they were commuting to the city, like they really didn't do it. Mm All the time. But I do remember one song that they wrote. It was called River Flower. And it was for or it was about um, like a friends of the family who adopted uh, what first one daughter from China and then a second daughter. Mm. Um, And it was kind of like the story of how she was found and how she came to them. And it was really cool. And there's like one line in that song that always sticks with me, especially now, um, which seems a little like prophetic and weird for the situation of like how, you know, my family sort of turned out, but um, or just like the circumstances that happened. Um, mm. But it, there's one line where it's like, um, in the end, we all are orphans. We must learn to stand alone. Mm. And so it's just kind of about. I don't know. Yeah, like life, death, things changing. Yeah. Um, but this really beautiful little girl finding her family, and yeah. <laughs> you know, also like happy, uh-huh. happy, sad. So th- th- that's the one song I remember. Yeah. Do Not to remember- bring it down, I feel like I'm bringing down the vibe. Oh,
1: all right. Well, tell me about tell me about when you were like 13, <laughs> getting into music that like sparked something in you.
0: Yeah. So. Well, when I was so like my first music that was like mine, mm-hmm. I was young. I was in like elementary school and it was my first cassettes. They were cassettes. Yes. And hell they yeah. were <laughs> they were um let's see, I had Dookie. I had No Doubt, whatever that first record was called. It's like really escaping my brain. Talk about JavaScript. I can't remember anything. You're and talking then there about was, Tragic Kingdom. Yes, with Tragic Kingdom. Just a
1: girl and Don't Speak.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I remember the, that. I remember rivers. when that video came out, being on the school bus, and they were like, Yeah, that girl's crazy looking. She's got like a thing in the middle of her head. And she <laughs> had, like that diamond in the music video. Yeah. We were like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Dookie, of course, a classic, though. As a bass player, you have to respect Mr. Dern I love oh, yeah. that guy. Everything he played, so melodic, so beautiful.
0: Yeah, really awesome. And as a three piece is like cool to hear. For sure. Everybody, you know, taking up their their own space. Um, the other big one, Alanis Morissette, Jack yeah. Little Pill. Um so that was early. That was like the first Those were your cassettes, yeah. My stuff I started rocking on.
1: So, what about what about high school? Like did you go to shows in in
0: NYC? Not so much. So, in high school I so I like really, my biggest, one of my biggest music influences at first, mm-hmm. and this is, I don't know if it should be embarrassing, but I i feel, I do feel a way about it. Um, but I was like, potentially unhealthily obsessed with Ani DeFranco. Um, oh, hell yeah. And yeah, I feel like, you know, at the time, she was the first person Person. Well, first of all, I had, like, come out when I was probably a little bit after that, but I, you know, definitely was realizing that I was, like, different, and Mm -hmm. um, she was kind of, like, the first person – the first, like, music that I really noticed the themes being, like, very political and very queer, Um, and just she herself – and the way that she sort of like presented herself and the aesthetic and just everything kind of around her personal, you know, yeah. her, her vibe, her brand, whatever, um, really resonated. And so I, I went down a like four year rabbit hole of basically mostly Ani DeFranco. <laughs> Fuck yeah. She's like a queer icon. Yeah. But she's a turf. She's a turf. Yeah. She's a So she's, It's like trans-exclusionary. Oh, no. All right. Yeah, that's like... Why you got to be like that? Why you got to be like that? Like, why you got to be like that? It's (laughs) And it's just so disappointing. It sucks, but... um, Especially for someone who is like, you're thinking ahead of the curve. Totally. Like, she's, you know, someone you would really think. But she was, like, really wrapped up in that time and, like, that specific, I don't know, thinking... Yeah. Of feminism in a certain way, a fucked up way, and got stuck there, I guess. Hopefully, well, she can change.
1: Pour one out, Ani yeah. DeFranco. What about punk rock? When did you discover, like, when did you get into punk?
0: Yeah, so I started listening to anything else um, when I got to college. <laughs> yeah. And it was really like my friend group in college. Uh, I met Kelly at school and, oh, cool. um, started listening to, I mean, just like everything. And, and it was cool because like the group of, the group of friends that I sort of found were really centered around music and shows. And so it was just like mm. a whole kind of world that I'd only seen a little bit about in high school. Like I, I didn't really, you know, there were shows and stuff, but not, not really, and they really weren't punk shows. Like there were kids doing music, but it wasn't my vibe. It was like jam kind uh-huh. of music and whatever. Um, but yeah, that's when I really started listening to punk music and kind of got into like Kelly would actually book shows at um there's this punk house and also sometimes at the school she would find like a room to book shows in. And mm. she had like very early on, this must have been like two thousand where are you in school, by the way? Six. Where? Yeah. Um, SUNY Oswego.
1: Okay. That's up there, right? It's up we're there, yeah. The it's
0: lake. like an hour from where
1: I live. You're along the lake, too, right? Rochester's like all the way up Lake Ontario.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're right on the lake. But yeah, she would like book shows. Um, she had like bands like Lemuria and Slingshot Dakota. and yeah. um, Tunnel. I think actually... I think the sidekicks actually played once um at this like skate park, uh like an indoor skate park. And so really kind of like it's fucking yeah, amazing. Hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Cause it wasn't just like, you know, the stuff that you get introduced to, like, I don't know, everything from like get up kids to like rilo kiley and like Mm -hmm. just all the other shit that we were listening to but it was cool to kind of also be introduced to this like small punk community um especially at that time Uh, so that was that was really
1: awesome so you saw lemuria like in college playing where where was the show like a basement show
0: yeah there was um I remember there was this one room in the actual basement of, like, the, the the whatever you call it, like, student center mm-hmm. that they put on. And that was a, I think it was actually a bridge and tunnel slingshot and Lemuria lineup, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> which was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and otherwise there was, like, this place, like, a house that friends lived in that we called the Punk House um, where we would all just party and do yeah, shows there as well drink 30 it,
1: racks and have shows yep hell yeah first time i saw kayatana was with lemuria pup and the Men Singers.
0: that was a good one
1: yeah that was fucking incredible shit it's so wild looking back at these times i know it it really is <laughs> um
0: which show are you at
1: I was actually at the San Francisco show at Bottom of the Hill. I was just out there with a homie. We were we were deep in the um craft coffee world at the time. So we were like, let's go to San Francisco and drink some fucking espresso. And we just we you guys just happened to be there. So we went to that show. It was fucking so sick. Hell yeah. Pup was like so fresh then too. Like Reservoir had just like taken the world by storm that summer.
0: Yep, totally. And I think that was actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was their first full U.S. tour.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah. So you went to SUNY Oswego. What did you study? I studied linguistics. Oh, fuck. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was really nerdy, really interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't do anything with it now other than think about language sometimes. Just think about or the great like vowel shift. Just think about the fucking <laughs> yeah. Norman
1: Conquest, ten sixty six. Yeah, I'm an English major. That was the one date we had to memorize, and it was a year,
0: ten sixty six. You were an English major
1: yeah I was an english major my one of my favorite professors too was he taught grammar, but he was a linguist and he was just super into the Smiths, just you know everything you'd want in a in a college linguistics professor. I could live in that world if you know it didn't just cost money to exist in it totally. I'd be in college for the rest of my life if I could for real,
0: yeah. Same. I feel like that's, yeah, that's part of, like, why I'm always looking for something to do and learn. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like a new, like, four-year major every four (laughs) years. Yeah. Maybe with, like, a a little gap
0: year here and there.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, you studied linguistics.
0: You moved to Philly. Kelly moved to Philly. Did you all move they're together, no, so we actually all lived in a house in Oswego together, um mm-hmm. Kelly, myself, our friend Scotty, and our friend Andre, and they all decided to move to Philly, and I would have moved with them, but I met Mary, my partner mm-hmm. um like that year, and I decided that when I graduated, I was going to go move to Rochester to see if you know, it was going to work out. Um, and it did, we're still together, but so we lived in Rochester for a couple years Mm -hmm. and then, you know, just like changes with the house and things like that. We had to move and I was like, can we please move to Philly (laughs) (laughs) for the love of God? (laughs) Um, (laughs) because like, you know, all our friends were there. We would always visit, not always, but I mean, we would Mostly if we were going anywhere, we'd be going to Philly because her right. sister also lived there. So we were like yeah. visiting Philly and it seemed like really awesome. And our friends were there. So, yeah, we we ended up moving like a couple years after they got there.
1: Do you remember meeting Gus?
0: I do. Yeah.
1: That fateful evening,
0: right? It was a pretty. Yeah, it really was. It was cool because so our friend Christine also, I should have. She wasn't living in Oswego at the time, but she was also a friend from there who 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 moved to Philly also with everybody um it was her birthday it was September 7th I remember the day I think Mm -hmm. and so she had like a birthday party at her house and was like you should come um you know we were really new to Philly so she was like come to the party meet people hang out and it was basically like you know the group of friends we'd go on to sort of have in Philly um but I do I actually remember the moment that Gus walked in because she just looked so cool and she was so full of like you know just like good energy and um she actually was the first person that came up to me and was like hello who are you (laughs) i'm gus (laughs) nice to meet you and i was like oh my god yes like you know someone's talking to me and pulling me in and like making me part of it so um that always you know stayed with me but yeah it was awesome so you're all like we should start a fucking band Yeah. I was just thinking about how that conversation came about and I don't quite remember. I know I was always telling Kelly because we had this like stupid band in college called Meat Grinder that was like a total. I I don't I don't know if we can really call it a band. Uh I would literally just like hit the bass string and slide my fingers around the bass. Like I wasn't even playing it. It was just like the funniest I don't know. We had a song called Shooting Ass Pains. It was like so stupid <laughs> and ridiculous. But but I said to Kelly, if I end up moving to Philly, we're starting a band. Yeah. Like for real. And she was like, all right, dude, whatever. And then, uh, or she was, yeah, she was like, yeah, let's do it. But so I think we just kind of started talking about that. And Gus was there and we all kind of were like, you know, or it might have been Christine who mentioned, you know, Gus has also been talking about this and kind of wants to start you know start a band so you guys should talk about it so we talked about it and we kind of like set a date we're like okay band practice is like whatever next week and Mm -hmm. it was one of those things where i was like okay we're saying this we might do it a few times like it'll be whatever it'll be fun but it's probably not going to go anywhere and then you know obviously it went somewhere (laughs) had you been in a band before meat
1: grinder no, and like, uh, and meat grinder, meat grinder is such a good college band name. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. Um, My partner hmm. and I were talking the other day about a band that was around in our college days, and it, the band was called Beer Helmet. And I thought, that, <laughs> I just think that's a great college <laughs> band name, and that's a, that's a real genre, I think, of like college bands. They put out one demo, and then they break up. It's a beautiful yep. thing. <laughs> Meat grinder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It's actually really funny. We were like walking home from, I don't know, a, a bar or something in, in Go, and there was this like old, um, I think it was a house, but it was a place where, it was like an antique shop kind of. Mm-hmm. And so you go in, it's like, just a big room filled with like cool old shit and i remember this one night they had a (laughs) they had they had a box of meat grinders (laughs) 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 like sitting out on the yard like by the curb Mm -hmm. or something and we were like oh meat grinders we need that and we like took it um just like kind of shitty but we took it and I had those meat grinders, like every one of our friends had a meat grinder. I feel like in their house, like mixed in with like their plants or something like for years. Um. So it's just like, it was just funny.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. So I guess like you're kind of all novice with your instruments when you're um, getting together. That's kind of how the legend goes. Is that, Accurate?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, I think we had all, like, maybe dabbled here and there. Like, I had started playing guitar when I was 15. Mm -hmm. um, And I had become interested in learning bass and playing the bass um, just to kind of switch things up. uh, Like, a few years later, but I had never had an opportunity to really, you know, I never really played it by myself or, like, you know, learned. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, we were all, like, none of us had really, I think, seriously written music or played in a, in a, in any kind of band with other people. Yeah. Um, before that.
1: I fucking love the way you play the bass. Holy <laughs> shit. That is, like, Kayatana magical band and just thank you your bass parts are just so fucking fun (laughs) and so melodic and just have so much character to them
0: thanks that that means a lot honestly that's like um i don't know just cool to hear it's like
1: i started out on bass too and i feel like there's sort of it, it it's like a, a rite of passage with like learning the thing is sort of discovering those notes that are just like in the middle of the fretboard and then like you know playing things a little bit higher too it's like this discovery period that you make that, that i think everybody kind of goes through and i feel like with especially the early kaitana material there it's like you're fucking figuring it out kind of as you go and there's something just really really special about that.
0: Yeah, I definitely think coming coming at it you know, kind of like with that beginner mindset of like literally no no expectations like even you know what you said about like exploring higher up on the neck, it's like I didn't even I had no concept of what I was supposed to be doing. Like Yeah. I had Mm -hmm. no concept that I was like, well, there's a whole fucking neck here. Like there's this, look at this whole huge instrument. I'm going to play the whole goddamn thing, you know? Like, um, so it, yeah, it didn't, I, that like, honestly wasn't even. A, like a thought for me. And I think that's, that's kind of the beauty of coming at it completely new because you sort of just have that freedom to Mm -hmm. do whatever you feel like.
1: It's like, I, It's so, it's so punk. Like I look at Kayatana as like one of the, you know, here's what, here's a punk band that doesn't sound necessarily punk, but it's just like that, those elemental components are what make it so special. Cool. No question there, but just (laughs) have to fucking express because I've been listening to those records all week and god they just like bring me back and what a magical time too there was you know bands like all dogs and nona were happening and it was just like those bands and chumped too there was like Mm -hmm. i remember the feeling too of like we kind of all had our appetite sort of wet for you know the next bands like lemuria and slingshot dakota and like those bands were just all in their infancy. And I remember hearing the Kayatana demo and it was just like, we were all so excited about it. And I don't know, that's just like not a thing that happens too often when you're like that excited about a demo in that scene, you
0: know? Yeah. No, that's awesome. I think, yeah, I feel like we were really lucky and I feel really grateful that we were sort of, you know we were doing what we were doing like when we were doing it cuz that was a really cool time yeah in terms of just like yeah the other bands that were around and uh just the sort of like community that we had in Philly it was kind of perfect were you into new order
1: like the peter hook comparison is like pretty obvious pretty on the nose since you covered age of consent but it's just like <laughs> Dude, that fucking guy could play the bass guitar
0: yeah yeah totally I was I definitely was super into New Order Enjoyed um, a Division but more so obviously New Order just the material um, but it was just like yeah it was a super cool way like the bass obviously the way that Peter Hook plays the bass but then also having this like post-punk sort of band that's like also really fun and dancey mm-hmm. um, it was just like right up It was definitely my vibe. But I don't – you know, it's hard to tell, like, where your vocabulary comes from. Like, I don't know. I assume that had something to do with maybe what gave me the confidence to play the way that I did. But but it wasn't like I was consciously thinking about it. So it's always funny when it's like, what are your influences? It's like, I don't know, whatever – Got absorbed into my brain, and then it's in there. It's like, you know, it's just hard to tell. Yeah, what what actually becomes something that you you emulate? I think well, it more so just like gives you permission.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, I love that you pointed out Mike Durant like as the three piece because you know Gus is just playing pretty open chords, so it's like that space is there for like melody to be made. And just like as a three piece, it just like, God, I still like every time I go back to Cayetano, I'm just like, there's something fucking perfect about the way you play bass, the way Gus sings, the way Kelly plays drums. It's just, I don't know, just makes, makes you feel
0: good. That's awesome. Yeah, I've it's kind of interesting, too, like having played... In different projects since, um, because I definitely feel like, like what you bring to the table, um, I'm learning like really depends on who else is at the table (laughs) and like what. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk to me about
1: playing with a someone like Chris in Earth Telephone.
0: I I mean, like that dude is a absolute genius on guitar. Amazing songwriter and Earth Telephone kind of came like just so like serendipitously because I had just so I had just like gone through that coding boot camp, I had just gotten a new job,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think it was like August or something, and which is like totally irrelevant to what I am saying, but I am just like mapping this out in my head. And Chris like got in touch with me, and he's like, "We need, we're playing the show, and we don't have anybody to play bass. Do you want to? Do you want to fill in?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you know, at that point I had been like, you know, Kaitana sort of ended officially uh, like when we got back from Europe, like earlier that winter. So it'd been like a long time since I had really played with people um, mm-hmm. or played a show or anything like that. And I, I didn't really see a path back into that. And so I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. Um, and then that just kind of quickly turned into like me just kind of becoming, I guess, the bass player of Earth Telephone. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, I mean, writing with Chris, being around Chris is amazing and just was such a positive experience in, like, many ways that I needed it. You know, I needed it. I really needed Earth Telephone, like, at that time when it came yeah. to me. So, um, and actually, that record is done we so we wrote a record and it's now officially finished i believe um which i don't know if i'm supposed to be talking about this but i probably (laughs) am because i don't really know you know chris is in maine and um biff and dana and eric are in asbury park and i'm up here so we Mm. don't really have solid plans for anything but i'm very excited for whenever this record does uh come out because I think we made a fucking good record.
1: Dude, I'll that EP just say it is
0: so good.
1: <laughs> I was wondering if that project was like still happening, so I'm so excited to hear that there's a goddamn full length coming.
0: Hell yeah, there's a full ass full length coming.
1: <laughs> you released two songs under your own name in 2018. An EP called Dreams We Talk About. How long had you been working on solo material before you got to the point of releasing it?
0: Yeah, so I was kind of... I honestly don't know. It was a while because it wasn't like a like a priority. It was kind of something that I was doing, um, you know, like on the side, just like writing music Mm -hmm. and like coming up with these ideas and these snippets that I eventually sort of put together. And the way that I write, um, when I'm like, you know, doing sort of solo stuff, I actually start with bass and I use like a looper. So I kind of like, and then layer on all the instruments. And so it wasn't really ever, like it had to be a studio project. It had to be something that like I was just going to record and, you know, um, and just kind of, Put out and have. So I don't know. I don't really remember how long I had worked on it, um, but I did, you know, I ultimately uh, asked Matt if Matt from Gladi.
1: The great past and future guest, Matt. Yeah.
0: I love Matt. Um, my favorite engineer and yeah, a wonderful person. Yeah, he's great.
1: I really love the tracks that he recorded for you both of them have such a fucking great
0: vibe like i love walls you do yes <laughs> thanks
1: i've been listening to that new youth lagoon record those songs really reminded me of that
0: oh cool i haven't heard that
1: yeah it's good what were you i guess I'll like check it out. yeah what was you talk? you talk about building it on um on bass did you program the drums in GarageBand?
0: We did that. So I had like a drum machine. Yeah. And we sort of like, yeah, we put in, there was like some like beat, you know, beats that I kind of wanted to. Got one of those too. I don't fucking know what to do with yes, this thing. That's the one. That's the exact one.
1: Um, like, I don't know what to I watch do with it I watch YouTube either. videos and I'm like, okay, yeah. And then I get to it and I'm like, I'm afraid.
0: <laughs> That's how I feel about like all gear yeah. to be honest. I'm just like <laughs> I too. I don't care. I, I, I like just I don't know. That's what I mean another thing that Matt helps me with which is great. I'm like Matt, I want to sound I want to sound like me. I want to sound like this. He's like, mm-hmm. "All right, I got you. I got you." Yeah,
1: totally. So, when did you get start get into coding? Like tell me about your coding journey i can't believe you did two boot camps i kind of <laughs> wanted to do another one because i feel like i forgot everything
0: right i know so that's yeah so how did I, all right my journey into coding was so it actually kind of like you know when kaitana started touring a lot and i was sort of like asking for time off so much that I eventually was just kind of like, I'm going to leave now. I have to quit this job. Mm -hmm. Um, I had kind of, you know, I studied linguistics. I definitely didn't want to do anything academic after that. I needed like a break and I wanted to like work with people. So I started doing like social work type jobs um, Mm -hmm. and like public health um, stuff. So I was kind of like working at a clinic in Philly and left that to, you know, do the music. And then at some point, you know, which I was like totally happy with um, for a while. And then, yeah, so I actually, I was just like, I knew that going back to school was something I like thought about, but was like, nah, that's not Yeah, happening. it's like,
1: I want to but why would I?
0: Yeah, like I'm already riddled with debt from like undergrad and Nothing resonated with me enough in terms of, like, you know, a program or a career where I was like, I will go through that again Mm -hmm. to, like, get, you know, to get some job. So I just, for a while, was like, I feel really stuck. I don't know what to do. I know I need to do something. I want to go back to learn in some capacity, but what do I do? Like, I'm not taking on more debt. I'm not doing, like, GREs. I'm I'm not doing that. Um, I just didn't want to. and. So all this research later, I like stumbled across, you know, web development and like tech and was like, ooh, this, you know, this seems this seems cool. It seems like it's obviously very relevant. It's creative. It seems really hard, but it seems like, you know, this could actually fit because it was also a thing of like, I don't really see myself even in the jobs that I had. And to be honest, even in the jobs I have now, I don't really see myself like as a professional, you know, like I don't, I don't really fit in mm-hmm. in those kinds of worlds and in that kind of way, and so, yeah, yeah I just I f- I found web development and was like this seems cool. Let me kind of start learning about it on my own. So I kind of, you know, I was looking up how to do HTML and CSS and JavaScript by myself a little bit. The JavaScript was really hard with mm-hmm. like in the very beginning and like on my own, and so I didn't get super far with it, but I. Decided that when we got back from Europe, um, like, our last tour, I would, like, commit to doing a boot camp and, like, apply and and yeah. try to really see if that was something that I could actually do. Yeah. Because um, it still felt sort of hard and mysterious and, like, gate-kept and, like, all these different things. So, uh, but, yeah, long story short, I did, like, a three-month immersive. It was the NYCDA. Um, which I don't think is a thing anymore, but, uh, that was like a three month full time, like eight hours a day. And then many hours after that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it ended in like June or July and I had a, I had my first job by like August. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it was kind of just like, boop, here you go. Here's a whole new life. So you started a CBD company.
1: Yes, Slow Wave, which launched in June. Tell me about this venture. How did you how did you find yourself um starting something like this?
0: Yeah, so um well Slow Wave, so it's a CBD it's a new CBD brand called Slow Wave and originally so there's like a lot of little seeds along the way that ultimately like ended up being this this company this brand um but you know i think like early in the pandemic i started getting really bad back pain and we couldn't like go you know there was this one time my back went out and it was so bad i like couldn't move and um, but we couldn't go anywhere because, you know, it was like pandemic, no vaccine, like hospitals. Like it was just like, mm-hmm. you know, that whole time. And so I had actually been experimenting with, I'm not experimenting, but I had found CBD flour online. So I was like ordering CBD flour mm-hmm. um, and using it to make like beverages, like, you know, putting it in my tea and like smoking it. And it really just helped with so many different things, pain, uh, anxiety. It's like a super calming, um, has a super calming effect. And then when my back went out, I made a topical with it. Um, cause I also had for other reasons, all these soap making supplies in my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had like all these oils and things. So I made this topical and, um, it, it really worked. It helped a lot. And I was kind of like tweaking the recipe and, mm-hmm getting so much of it left over that I started giving it away to people who I knew had pain Mm. um, or dealt with pain. And then they were starting to give me really good feedback. And so, you know, that's really where the idea of starting a CBD company specifically came from. Um, Like that whole experience and sort of learning more about it uh, and what it did for me personally. Yeah. And so with slow wave, like, you know, it sort of took a little bit of a different um, direction because uh, we wanted to be able to sell more than just topical products and offer, like, different ways um, to get the benefits of CBD. And we really focus on, uh, you know, creative creative people. Um, really, all people are creative. But what we sort of mean by that is, like, we sort of – I felt – and my my um co-founder Kate feel that like a lot of CBD and cannabis companies are very focused on um or just even within their branding are like either sort of crunchy or like very medicine focused or mm. wellness focused and you know while we while we are those things we obviously recognize that CBD has those benefits um, we wanted to sort of make CBD more accessible into, like, creative communities and folks who, um, you know, may struggle with things like anxiety and how that might get in the way of, you know, and stress and just, and also physical pain and how that can um, be a hindrance on getting creative work done. And yeah. so that's sort of how, like, the whole approach and position that we take kind of evolved. And yeah, that's slow wave. That's where we are now.
1: I used to get migraines in my 20s, just debilitating. And it's like the way pain can alter your entire existence, it's just like it puts you down to this low level where you have to just then recover like your ability to just, you know. Once you exit pain, now how do I just, like, exist? How do I, like, get through the day without being in pain? And you're so focused on being in pain and not getting back to there. It's like, you know, your hierarchy of of needs is you're just stuck at the bottom and stuck trying to, like, Mm -hmm. stay out. So, yeah, that and I do like that emphasis because it is like, yeah, you see some of these other companies and they're just like, this will cure everything. Or it's like super broy or like whatever. How does slow wave, I guess, like how does it function for supporting creativity?
0: So, well, one of the things that we do that is sort of product specific is um well, we make really high potency products first and foremost so that the CBD portion is really super effective. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, there's also like, uh, we use terpene blends that are, you know, have qualities that promote different things like, um, like really elevated mood or like, you know, um, also very anxiety reducing, um, And that would promote things like clarity and just a calm mind. Um, So in that sense, it's like obviously anybody could, could use that and benefit from that. But again, we didn't really see that this narrative was sort of being talked about as a tool specifically within creative communities that people could use to, you know, especially with all the different things we have going on, all the things we have to do, our to-do lists are endless, our, you know, distractions Mm -hmm. are endless. It's like, how do you really sit down and get work done, get creative work done and like not overthink it or like not, you know, and, and CBD just is like really, you know, safely, effectively, and naturally an amazing tool for that. Um, So that's kind of really why we wanted to bring it into the context of creativity did I answer your question? I feel like there might yeah, have been another. definitely okay. did. Cool. My questions
1: are a little all over the place at times, if you haven't noticed. It's part <laughs> of what makes me such a charming interviewer. <laughs> so how do you source this stuff? Where do you get it?
0: Yeah, we um, we work with a really great company in Wisconsin called Wisconsin Hemp Scientific. They also have their own direct to consumer brand called Batch. Um I just found them. I was looking for um companies, suppliers, manufacturers to work with and found them. They're like a group of young friends who, you know, met in college and kind of just wanted to start a company together and kind of got into cannabis and um extraction and production and that whole side of it and their whole vibe, their whole way they run their business, uh, the things that they stand for and also the products that they make are so great that they were just an awesome choice and an awesome partner for us. So, and they're also, you know, we work with them to sort of make custom products as well. So Mm -hmm. um, we really wanted to like incorporate other types of botanicals into the tinctures and the, the gummies as well. And so we have like hibiscus and chamomile and, Passion flower and different things like that, that they were really open to working with us on and sourcing out everything that we wanted and really making products that we wanted, you know, that we could stand behind. So,
1: yeah, they're great. It's one thing I said to you when you sent me some of the hotel flowers is stuff actually tastes good. Yep. I enjoy the way it tastes. I've had, I've never had a good tasting CBD before that wasn't like, you know, totally like neutered, <laughs> like with whatever, you know, peppermint extract that they just like shoved in there. Totally. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. That was like another aspect of it that was really important to us of like putting forth a product um, in the way that it looks, in the way that it tastes, in the way that it makes you feel like all of it had to be on point. And so we've really wanted to make something that like we we actually really loved. Um so that was a huge yeah. a huge like criteria for us was it it has to taste good.
1: If I could share a personal story, Please. I was re- recently diagnosed with bipolar disorder and when we first connected, I was coming down from a period of of mania. Um and I was smoking a lot of pot which was causing me to dissociate and so you know, as I started getting better, I started realizing, too, that, like, oh, this, like, pot's not really helping me too much either. Um, it was about the time that we connected, and so you sent me a care package of Hotel Flowers and Super Halo gummies. And those were, like, a lifeline for me as I was, like, you know, to borrow a phrase, getting used to this medication. <laughs> um and, you know, also just like kind of anxious about like not being able to smoke pot. I had a really, really great couple of weeks on those gummies during the day. Really just like, and to fucking kept me feeling positive too. It was like, not only was I getting through what was kind of a difficult time, but I was feeling fucking great too.
0: That's, first of all, thank you for sharing that. And, I'm really happy to hear that they, they helped. And I think that's kind of the whole thing. Like, you know, it's, it's once you sort of kind of quiet down, like the peripheral, you know, I guess noise for lack of a better term of whatever it is that is going on in your mind or whatever you're dealing with, like, it's just something that I think people are starting to hear a lot more about but still have no idea really what it is or how it works and that it can be, you know, that they have access to this thing that can, at worst, make you feel good but at best really help. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, and again, thank you for sharing that.
1: So this is something that – um I'm excited to share with our audience is that we have a we have a little deal for better yet listeners. Put a discount code in on shopslowwave.com. Put in that little discount code better yet 15 and get 15% off. Dude, this is like legitimizing my brand here. I'm a fucking podcast and now I'm a real (laughs) podcast because I got a CBD partnership.
0: What's (laughs) up? What is up? not a real
1: podcast until you have a cvd advertisement on it (laughs) thank you for this for this gift no thank you i'm super stoked for this partnership i'm really excited for uh, people to hear more about your brand and i just think that it's really really inspiring stuff to see you doing this i know that you and katie have been working For a long-ass time.
0: Thank you so much. Um, It's definitely not to use, like, the dumbest cliche ever, but it has been a journey. And, like, I'm just trying to keep my head up and, you know, just keep going and keep building this thing and hopefully sharing, yeah, the benefits and the, the ways that CBD can help with more people. So... hell yeah appreciate your yeah your willingness to talk about us and work with us on your awesome podcast and
1: you do have some exciting music stuff going on you played on the new warriors record trust your gut i did that's fucking awesome how did that come to be i was working with lauren
0: yeah it's awesome um so th- this is kind of how many of my my music opportunities <laughs> have been starting. But we need a bass player for this tour. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Sign me up. I'm I'm around. Um, so I did a, a tour with Warriors and the Men Singers and the Dirty Nil. Um, I don't know. Was it like last fall? Fall before that? Yeah, fall before that. Um, or like late summer. And then, yeah, that kind of turned into, you know, an opportunity to sort of work with Lauren on some of the newer songs that they were writing. Um, so I I went out to California last May and we did like a couple days in the studio and just sort of workshopped, you know, the bass parts together because Lauren had written the songs with, um you know, some, some like bass already in there. Mm-hmm. And we just sort of, you know, I don't know. I came in and we worked it out together, and threw in some flourishes here and there, of like yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and I'm really I'm really glad that I got to be a part of that. Because the record is awesome, and it's you know, as someone who's been like a Warriors fan for a long time. Uh, it's definitely a cool direction, and just really excited for people to hear
1: more of it. So, dude, what a lineup on that record, too! Freaking yeah, Franz Nicolay and Adam Willard, now the drummer of the Alkaline Trio. I know, so cool. I love that first single. I'm like so so excited for that record.
0: Hell yeah! Trust your gut actually was probably my my favorite song to play on and and work on it's just such a fun song
1: yeah then you just played bass on the most recent gladi tour how was that
0: great i um, out with the homies yeah it's been yeah it's been awesome being able to collaborate again with gus and matt um and be a part of what they're doing because gladi's great and yeah it's been it's been really good
1: hell yeah dude thanks so much for coming on
0: thank you so much for having me this is fun